We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a surprise edition of the highly requested, highly touted, super horny. Five stars. Five star rating. stars on the crest. VMFC. They thought it was over, man. They thought they were going to put us in a cage, (laughs) man. Guys, Boston Lamb here. You know, thank you for supporting the show throughout the World Cup. But now... World Cup craze has died out a little bit. You know, the French are still celebrating. Even those Croatians are still celebrating, boss. Yeah. I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know Alan. That was been, big for them, man. That I'm was huge, gonna... dude. That was huge. You know, you exceed expectations. You came in as like a 35 to 1 long shot to win the World Cup. It's funny. Like we say here, when we make it out of the group and like into the round of 16, it's big strides for our country. And, you know, for just getting eyes on that national team is big. So imagine how it is for Croatia, a tiny country. You know, they say it's like the size of london yeah so it's like that's that's big for the country and also i think not even now just like going forward in terms of in terms of like building a culture around soccer yeah and also think about what alan kept telling us we always heard about the golden generation for belgium now this was the golden generation for croatia right rocketich parasic manzukic but those guys are i'd say on the back nine of their careers as far as like their physical peak prime 
Right. Right. Where like the Belgium guys, well, you'll probably see the same Belgian core Maybe. in the next World Cup. But they'll be aging by then. Yeah, they'll be in their 30s. Like they're all 26 to 27 ish. Right. But still, you, they'll still have one more World Cup where they're at the peak of their powers, is what we're saying. Where Croatia, it's kind of going to be an unknown, right? Luka Modric won the Golden Ball, but he's 32 years old at 36. You know, right. a lot can happen. So the craze has died out. But now, man, you know. We got to look forward, brother. That was huh, good for you. That's perfect for you. It's, I know. I mean, I've been, you know, bas- not basking in it, but, you know, looking back on it for a while now, too, just like an upset and disappointment. But it's like, that's that's behind us now. Like you said, like it's time. It's over, yeah. The new qualifying campaign is going to start next year or the year after that. And, and it's just time to get back on the saddle and rebuild and, and look forward for the next, you know, four years. Qatar, 2022. Yeah. And it's going to be Qatar is going to be in the winter. Kind of a weird time, dude. That's wacky. How do you feel about that? Because I, I, I think they just completely eliminated a lifelong summer tradition every four years. Yeah. I mean, I don't like it. I mean, I, I, I can just imagine how the club players feel. Like, what or club owners when it's in the middle of club season, particularly in Europe. Like, what are you going to do? Just shut down the EPL, shut down La Liga. Champions League, too, Champions dude. League. What are you going to, like, I feel like there's a ton like a, a lot remains to be seen of what's going to be done in regards to that. So I'm not a fan of that. Like I firmly believe, like you said, the winter and the fall is meant for club. And then the summer is for country. Like that's what it is. It's been that way it's for a, yeah. how long? For all the tournaments the, too. It's not just the World Cup, the, the Euro Euros Cup, are, yeah. Copa America. It's always in the summertime. Right. Because that's the off season for clubs. Exactly. And it's just like, it's everything. It's like a big curveball now. So I'm not a fan of it, but. It's something we've never seen before, so I'm willing to give it a try just to see yeah. what happens. I feel like it's doomed for failure. Dude, I'm thinking about they're putting that shit in the middle of the football season, too. Imagine us as a show, right? I, I think we'll be in a, a, a better place in four years. Right. Right? But think about that. NBA is going to be in full swing. NHL is going to be uh, – puck's going to be dropping. Uh, NFL – World Cup approaching NFL, yeah. It's just like, yo, there's a lot of shit over there, man. Yeah. A lot World, to consume. World Cup had that summer stage for themselves. Yeah, there was nothing you going know, it's on. Like, it's like the dog days of baseball, as you always say, in like July and August, you know, before the trade deadline. But now it's like, I don't know, it's right in the full swing of playoff races for the mm-hmm. NFL and stuff. So it'll be interesting. Plus Qatar, bro. Like, who wants to go to Qatar to play soccer? It's, it's 100 degrees there on a bad day. So yeah. it's just like... What are those playing situations going to be like? The fields, you know, how the conditions. There's a lot of variables, I feel like, for this World Cup. So it's going to be interesting to follow not only the qualifying campaigns for all mm-hmm. these countries going forward. Because we saw, like, Croatia had to play in a playoff to get in. Correct. Yeah, Sweden again. knocked out Italy in a playoff to get in. Yeah, so Croatia there's a lot Greece. of interesting uh, matchups, you know, before the World Cup. And then once you get there, it's just like, you know, Qatar's the final destination. It's like, what's... Yeah, what's and that going to be and like? Also, you're you're pushing back the tournament. What is it? Four or five months, right? right. It's always in June. Now it's July, August, September, October, November. You're pushing it back like six months almost. Yeah, that's that's crazy. So really, the World Cup is going to come around in four and a half years if you think about it. Right. So yeah, man. They they FIFA, they they put it on themselves. They dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. I think so too. But uh, there's also like they say politics involved. Like that's yeah, why and you know Qatar got would, the bid to begin with. Because yeah, who wants to see the Qatar national team even play in that tournament, bro? Like, come on. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know they had one. I was gonna say. I, I thought you were gonna say. I'm gonna be honest with you. Don't think about getting a citizenship because you know you could probably play in the yeah, World Cup. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll be 31 at that <laughs> World Cup. 
That's it, bro. Prime of your career. Yeah, right there. yeah there you <laughs> go. So uh, going forward, though, Team USA, U.S. Men's National Team, it, it, it was a little upsetting watching the World Cup because the World Cup was so wacky, right? Like so many big-name teams didn't make it past around the 16, right? Argentina, Germany didn't make it out the group. Spain got knocked out. Brazil went out in the quarters. And it was such a, a wacky tournament where Sweden went to the final, the, the Elite Eight. Uh, Russia went to the Elite Eight. So it was like, it's making me wonder, like, yo, this could have been the U.S. making strides. And not only that, but we saw the friendlies beforehand where they played. I know they let one in late against Ireland, who mm-hmm. I think tied, but they were dominating most of that game and they were up to about like the 85th to the 90th minute and they conceded. France, they took to the brink, one yeah. nothing. They were up one nothing at half late in the game. They get conceded to tie 1-1. So it was, it was you know, kind of gut-wrenching but inspiring to see that we have youth mm-hmm. you know with the national team the youth movement and that we can can compete against these big countries you know so that was kind of you know i was kind of caught in between there like it was fun to watch but i was like damn what could have been you yeah. know what i'm saying like what you said what could have been especially in a tournament the way it played out so but that but that was encouraging to watch for sure but going forward now we have the next cycle coming up right we have our guy tim parker to uh joining us Plays for the Red Bulls, played, got a couple caps in those friendlies that you mentioned with the U.S. men's national team. Hometown kid, he's from New York, right? He's one of the bright spots going forward for the U.S. men's national team. 25 years old. Uh, he, and along with like Polisic and all these guys, are the core probably, I think, going forward, right? My question to you, boss, is there is there anybody else that might be someone should put on their radar that might not be on people's radar because the Bundesliga put out their best 11 under 21 for this upcoming season. Yo, USA had four guys on that list. That's insane. When was the last time you've heard of U.S. national players making a splash like that on any, you know, European or South American level? Yeah, and the Bundesliga is one of the top leagues in Europe without a doubt. And there's four guys on there. So, you know, Weston McKinney, Pulisic, ja, Sargent up top. And uh, I forgot who the – there was a defender back there too, man. His name is escaping me. But regardless, it's just like that's a big-ass accomplishment, right? So who – is there anyone on your radar? I mean, look, Pulisic could still be on your radar. The dude's 19 years old. Yeah, I mean, Pulisic, I just want to see the rise. I mean, he's being linked to Real Madrid. Which was crazy. Which is insane. Yo, we were on Xbox together. I'm glad you brought that up because – we're on Xbox, and I'm reading the report. I'm like, dude, isn't it? It's just like, and our boy Tommy, who follows soccer also, he's like, yo, I don't want him to go there. He's not going to get reps. I'm like, yo, that's not the point. The point is that an American kid is being linked yeah, the to facts. Real Madrid, the Galacticos. Like, just that alone, just that that rumor is even possible is a huge win for us. He's basically, a, he's still a prodigy. He's yeah. 19, like, being linked to the biggest club in the world. That's... That's insane, and that's that's promising for the U.S. soccer team, the men's national team. So, yeah. I mean, that's who I'm most looking forward to following. I know you put me on a couple years ago. You bought his Dortmund jersey. Oh, yeah. You have, jersey like, every jersey he's yeah, worn yeah, so yeah, far. Yeah. So I, I also like uh, Timothy Weah, man. So his dad, George Weah, uh, my dad likes to say is the greatest African soccer player of all time. Dude was a beast, played for AC Milan. I believe he won a Champions League also, center forward. His son is American. He's gotten reps. He's played for the international team. So now he's ours. Like, it's not one of those dual citizenships. Right, he right. hasn't declared. Like a Diego Costa? Yeah, yeah. Like, nah, he's he's with us. And this kid's young, too. He's 18, 19 years old. 
he plays for PSG, uh, Neymar, Cavani, Mbappe squad over in, in League One, League One, as they say. <laughs> so I'm excited for him too, man, because you're looking at a, a center forward. If he could get reps, and I know towards the tail end in the French league, he started getting some some caps with PSG. But you know, to be fair, they did have the the league wrapped. They were out of Champions League. They were getting these young guys in. But he scored a couple goals. He played well. And now if you have a center forward like that on that level, you know, I, I've been messing around saying Pulisic way out 2026. 20, right. Like I'm looking way down at like eight years when they'll be in their athletic, physical soccer prime. Right, right. You know? So it, it, it's good. Those are a couple of names to, to, to really look out for going forward. Yeah. I'm not going to lie too. like Tim Parker. I, I've been I mean, I, I like to say I started watching international soccer in like 2006 2010 area like when we met for the world yeah, Cup. yeah so it's like that that our back lines during those tournaments were all older guys like Sharondolo and uh Gucci Onyewu, yeah and uh, Boca Negro was even around for the tail end of his career so it's nice to see a young face yeah. you know in the back I know we had John Brooks uh, in 2012 no 2014 yeah 2014 he was playing in Germany top you know top flight level soccer but it's nice to see like a Tim Parker, a young guy back there who, you know, kind of looked good in those in those two friendlies. And he, he drew praise from the commentators, Ian Dark, notably. Yeah, we, we, we Everyone knows about who that. Ian Dark, if you play FIFA or if you're English, you know, you know who Ian Dark is. So, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see there's not only young pieces, like you said, on top, but there's young pieces in the back, too. For sure, yeah. And look, it's, it's only up from here, as they say, because literally not making the World Cup. They made the changes in the front office. They, they got rid of the coach, got rid of the president. So it's only up from here. Now what you guys are going to hear is we conducted an interview with Tim Parker of the Red Bulls and of the U.S. men's national team. Sit back, relax, and uh, some dope insight from a professional athlete. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is, uh, boss, this is the first of its kind. We actually have a professional athlete currently playing out there. Uh, our guy, uh, Tim Parker, center back for the Red Bulls. And has two caps for the U.S. men's national team. Tim, what's up, man? Thank you for joining us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Tim uh, Tim got his first couple caps recently prior to the World Cup. I believe it was with Ireland and France, right? Yeah. Yeah, those were the first two. Yeah, and uh, I remember watching that game. I had I had reached out to Tim, but trying to get him on the podcast for a couple of a uh, couple of weeks now. But you know, he is a pro athlete, so he has a lot of stuff he got to address and whatnot. And uh, I remember following him and talking to him. And then Ian Dark, did you happen to catch what Ian Dark was saying about you during that game? To be honest, I haven't I haven't watched the game back yet, so I really have to do that. Yeah, he was. Dude, he was uh, he was raving about you. He was saying how you know it's a uh, it's a hole that the U.S. men's national team has been waiting to fill for a, a pretty long time now, and he thinks that uh, you're the answer there. So we'll start off with that game in particular. Playing up against France, you know, we just saw them win the World Cup. What was it? What was it like playing in an environment in France against a team like that that was a powerhouse? It was really cool. Um, I think first and foremost, you're able to see like how a European country kind of does does soccer, right? Like, it was, it was France's send-off game, so playing in France for that game was incredible. But, like, all the fans are in, like, French jerseys, waving French flags. So it was, it was something that, like, an environment and experience that you're always going to remember for sure. 
Is that the is that one of the more hostile? I, I don't know. Was would you say that the crowd was hostile? Uh, I wouldn't say they were hostile, but they were definitely they were definitely fun to play in front of. What was uh what was it like going up against guys like Pogba and Bappe, Griezmann? Like these are some of the best players in the world. Was it uh definitely a transition from going up against guys in the MLS? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think these guys just see the game at such a different level and uh play at a play at a different level year round. So you really have to be cautious and thinking a step ahead because you know that's what they're doing. What's up, Tim? This is Nick as well, <laughs> boss. Check it in. Um, uh, yeah, man. Like playing France too. Like they, they were definitely a favorite going in. Uh, but I know I've, I've followed you for a long time now because obviously we're from New York. And my buddy Steve played for Albertson out on Long Island, and he would always tell me about you. That you know he'd be like, "Yo, this this tall ass redhead. He's he's one of the best players I've ever seen. I've ever gone up against." And I was like, right. he's, "He's like, yeah, he's a problem. He's gonna be good for, for you know for a while." All right, cool. But what was it like, like in 2016, you got called up to the national team, and then what was it finally like in 2018 to, to finally get your first cap? Yeah, it's kind of been a a little prolonged journey, I guess. You know, I've been I've been in that was my fourth camp by the time I got my first cap. So um, it was a process that I was kind of waiting for. I was waiting for that final result. You know, it's always great to get called into camps and meet the guys and be involved, but you. Ultimately, you want that cap. That was the end product, and I was really happy that I was able to do it on this last ball. Growing up in the U system in the U.S., when uh, when did you realize that yo, you know what? I'm I'm a lot better than a lot of these kids that I'm playing, and I could really take this serious enough to become a professional soccer player. At what age would you say that happened? Yeah, I think for certain people, it happens at different ages. You know, just with the way you grow up playing and how it works when you're growing and everything. Because I was involved with national team when I was around 14. And I didn't, I know I was involved until I was 18. So I think probably around 17 or 18 is the real age that I kind of thought that I could really play in college. And if I put myself in a good spot in college, that um, I could play the best one. Yeah, so just going off that, like, I know you stayed home at St. John's. What was like the college recruiting system like going through it as a top player? I mean, you were a New York State Gatorade Player of the Year, so and ultimately decides to play play for St. John's, which is a storied program. I know just we're all from Queens, me and Nick, that is. Um, and they've made they had that incredible run from I think '92 to your freshman year. So what was it like just just putting on that St. John's jersey and then playing the tournament your freshman year? It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I think. St. John's is a school that kind of speaks for itself in terms of its history and its winning record, and especially under Coach Mazur and their success of producing good defenders. So I think that's kind of what pushed me to go there. And um, recruiting is fun. You know, I think it's one of those things where um, it's basically a bunch of people just trying to study their their school and make you commit to them for the next four years of your life. So, um, for me, it was an exciting time for me, but ultimately I decided to stay a little bit closer to home um, and go to St. John. One thing that we always like to say about soccer in the U.S. is, you know, you come out of college, you're 22, 23 years old, and then you're playing against some of these kids in Europe that have been 
you know, they have a different system out there and in South America where these kids are playing professional at 17, 18. When you started playing kids from overseas, did you feel that they might have been further along their line, along the lines in their professional career because you had to stay in college and go through the system through the U.S.? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think, you know, even look at the way the academies are working now in the MLS, that they get, they're getting guys training with the first teams at 16, 17 years old. But, you know, I think it's all about kind of the timing. And for me, um, I wasn't involved in these academies or didn't have a first team um, to train with when I was younger. So for me, I think the best thing for me was to go to college and to learn and kind of grow as a person as well. Uh, so after college, you obviously got drafted to MLS. Uh, what was that like? What was draft day experience like, and where did you wind up spending it? It was, it was really cool. You know, I think it was an interesting experience just because um, on draft day, I had to go to Philadelphia to where the draft was, and I didn't really know where I was going to end up or who, who was going to call my name. And um, it turned out to be Vancouver. And I was, I was thrilled, to be fair. I didn't realize how far Vancouver was at the time being. But, um, no, I mean, I was thrilled to go out there. What, what, what are your thoughts on the current state of the MLS, right? I know a lot of people seem to bash the MLS. And, you know, we're still, a, I like to say we're because I like to follow the MLS, too. I don't even think they're 30 years old. This is still a relatively new league around the world. So how do you feel about the criticism that some people have towards the MLS? Because you remember Conte, the coach for the Italian national team, famously said that, you know, Jovinko, when he came over to the Toronto Toronto FC, they asked him about his call up to the national team. He said, if if an international player goes to the MLS, consider yourself retired from an international play. So, Tim, how do you feel about people that bash the MLS and how do you feel about the MLS? I don't think, um, obviously, what happened with Giovinco and the, and the Italian national team is, is wrong um, because I think it's pretty obvious that he deserves to be there and they need him there. But, you know, you know the MLS is growing and it's still, a, it's still a project in motion. And I think you can see that the owners and the league and players, people that are willing to come over and make this thing serious and put money into it, resources and everything, um, that they want to compete and be a good league. And, and not only just a good league, but they want to compete with the other leagues in the world. And I think that's important. I think that as time goes on, the MLS is going to continue to strive to get better. So I just want to go back to you know Vancouver. So you got drafted to Vancouver, and you won a trophy there and also scored a goal, I think. It was the, was it the Canadian Cup? So what was that like, yeah, yeah. raising your first trophy as, you know, as a professional soccer player? It was really cool. You know, I think at the time, it might not have hit me as important as it was. Um, but, yeah, I think it was it was really cool. You know, I think we had a great group of guys that year. And whenever you are able to win a trophy, you should remember those moments because they don't really happen that often in, in your career. So um, it was just awesome to be a part of that team and even get a goal in the final was even better. When you get traded to the Red Bulls, how'd that feel? You got to come back and play at home, pretty much. You know that is a uh, them and uh, NY 
NYCFC are the two teams here in New York. How do you feel coming back home and being able to, to play in front of friends and family? Yeah, I, I was happy. But um, when everything went down in Vancouver, I was, um, I was a little upset with the way things happened there. But when the opportunity to come home presented itself, um, I, I couldn't say no. You know, I think I was really excited to be a part of that. And then being a part of the Red Bulls has been a great move for me. So, when you first get to Vancouver, right, when you first get drafted to the MLS, how quickly did you turn on FIFA to see what your FIFA rating was? To, to, to be completely honest, I'm not much of a FIFA player. Uh, all my friends are. All my friends are. My brother is. Um, I don't really play FIFA that much. I think strictly because I'm on the game now. There you go. All right, that's a good answer. Because it's funny, like, I've always wanted to ask somebody, like, yo, you know, you always see these NBA guys complain about their 2K rating or their Madden rating. So, yeah, you said your brother plays FIFA, all your boys, I'm sure, play FIFA. Do you force them to have to trade for you on the game? Like, they have to play with the Red Bulls or they have to put you on their club team? <laughs> no, I don't I don't force that into anything, but uh, I know that they do it anyway. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Tim, how do you feel about the current state of uh, the U.S. men's national team, man, going forward? I know it was very disappointing for a lot of people. I, I like to say that that's my favorite team out there. You know, I'm a big, big Giants fan, but, you know, the, the U.S. men's national team trumps all of them. How do, you, how do you feel about what went down with the U.S. men's national team and now going forward? Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. It's a shame what happened, uh, not being able to qualify for the World Cup, but you know, the current state is um, we're, we're getting the chance again. You know, I think it's the guys before us that kind of ran the men's, men's national team for the last 10 years did a great job in bringing the team up and making it something that the country and the world can respect. And, you know, I think now it's our it's the younger guys' time. You know, I think it's our time to kind of continue to build on what they established and go from there and hopefully continue to make the U.S. rise in the soccer world. Yeah, it's definitely take, it's taking strides forward for, for better, too. And I, I like the youth movement, man. I like how, you know, against France, I think the average age was, what was it, boss, 22, 23 years old of everyone? Yeah. I, I was somehow one of the older guys, and I was just getting my first cap. And that's yeah. ridiculous. You never see that. Like, Tim's <laughs> 25, 93 like myself, so... That just shows, I think, great strides just for the men's national team. Um, do you see yourself as a part of the picture, or do you think that the national team, the committee, sees you as part of the picture going forward? Because I hope so. I see. I mean, the two friendlies I watched you play, like we said, Ian Dark raved about you just being tall and eating up a lot of stuff in the back and your position. You're, I think you're positionally sound and you're big in the air. So I like everything you bring to the table as a center back. Do you do they? Do you think they feel the same way about you going forward? I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope to be a part of this picture. Um, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to be part of U.S. Uh, men's soccer just because of, you know, it's kind of like a clean slate and we're, we're young and we got something to prove now. So, I mean, I hope to be a part of that moving forward. Tim, what's your, uh, if, if someone, if a team in Europe was to come to ask for your services, what would be your dream club to one day play for? Uh, um, like, what was your squad growing up? Third, third at the moment. 
Spurs? They were always my, yeah, they were always my team. So Tottenham uh, is always the team I play with if I do play FIFA. So um, they would probably be my, my go-to. Damn, me and Boss are Arsenal fans, and I know all about that rivalry. But you know what? We'll cut you some slack since you're wearing the Stars and Stripes. Uh, Tim, last couple of questions, man, before we sign off. Uh, what are what are some of like the other things you like to do? Are you a fan of any other sports team, or are you into like fishing or something? Like, what's up? Tell us more. Yeah, so um, I'm a big Giants fan as well. When you said that, that that hits home. There we go. But I definitely enjoy going to Giant games. Uh, Vancouver, I would always come home in the off season to make sure I hit one or two. Um, now that I'm back in New York, I'm sure that number will increase probably like four or five. But um, I'm, I like playing golf. I'm a, I like playing golf when the weather's good enough. Um, it's been a little bit hot lately and a little bit rainy as well, so I haven't been able to get out as much as I want to. Um, and then I got a little, I got a, I got a pet. So I got a bulldog that. Uh, I got to take care of most of the time. So he's where I spend most of my free time. <laughs> man, there's nothing like dogs. I, I, I like to tell everybody that's the best investment you can make. Man's best friend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tim, man, thank you. Uh, thank you. Oh, you have another question? Yeah, yeah I just wanted to know who's, who's the hardest oh, there, uh, yeah. person you ever went up against. Um, you know, I think I think in, in retrospect, watching him kind of chill at the World Cup, probably Mbappe. Yeah, it was burning. Yeah, I mean, he's f- fast, smart, young, um, kind of kind of ruthless and reckless in terms of what he's able to do with the ball and how he's able to expose people. So I think he definitely is on the top of the list. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you, you mentioned ruthless and young. We we kind of got a guy like that too, my boy uh, Christian Pulisic, who the guys always make fun of me because I've developed a man crush on him, but. What a, real quick before we sign off, Christian Pulisic. What can you tell us about him? Like, what kind of dude is he? You know, we know about him as a soccer player and whatnot. Yeah, so I haven't actually been involved in a camp with him yet. So this last Ireland and France camp, uh, he was taking his uh, well-needed break after a long season at Dortmund, so I didn't get to see him. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to meeting him and obviously seeing him uh, play together on the field one day. Man, I, I'm looking forward to that, dude, because I, I think that, uh, like, what everything Ian Dark was saying, and I was watching the game with my pops, and they were, everyone was happy with how you played in those games, and look, you just got me tuned into the, the Red Bulls, I watched that game the other night where, uh, I think it was last night with um, Bradley Wright Phillips took off his shirt, had the 100th cool. jersey, swagged that yeah, out, knowing he was going to score 100, so, yeah, man, look, you, you just got new fans in us and the guys here at the show. Thank you, Tim, so much for joining us. Anywhere, anything you're working on, I don't know, a fundraiser, a charity, any way people could contact you, if they want to follow you on social media, the floor is yours, my friend. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm definitely involved in a couple of charities. You'll see it on my Instagram, but um, Instagram name is Tim Parker 26 um, You can look me up and give me a follow. Awesome. Tim, thanks a lot. Uh, keep raging out there on the field, man, and uh, best of luck going forward. Yeah, thank you guys. I pre- really appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, Tim. So there you have it, guys. Center back for the New York Red Bulls, and most importantly, for the Stars and Stripes, the US of A. <laughs> Our guy, uh, Tim Parker, give him a follow, like he mentioned, his Twitter handles over there. That was awesome. That was the first current 
athlete that we've had on the show. Yeah, that was fun. It's also, like I said, when I talked, it was a local guy. So, like, I've heard about him growing up just because, I don't know, I know you played soccer too, so yeah. I'm sure you heard about him because you played for Cosmos and yeah. he played for Hicksville. So, that was, like, that was cool. I mean, I always heard about him. Like I said, my boy would be like, yo, like, watch out for this kid. He's the best player I've ever seen. So, that's cool. And it's cool. I kind of stopped following him after high school. I know he was at St. John's. But then just to hear that name resurface, yeah, yeah, like on the biggest stage of national soccer, right before the World Cup, I was like, yeah. "Oh shit!" I was like, "I didn't even know he was nice like that." Yeah. So that was cool, man, I'm, and I'm happy to see him having all the success that he's having. Yeah, for sure. And look, most importantly too, he said he's a Giants fan, so you know that got me going. More incentive to go out and catch a Red Bull. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely down. Yeah. You know, I went to a Red Bulls game. Last Red Bulls game I went was many years back. I went with Ralph and Dylan. Were they the Metro came. Stars then? Or the Red no, no. Oh, when Henri right. came over, because you know me, Thierry's yeah. my guy. Uh, yeah, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Give him a, a shout out, Tim Parker, once again. Uh, shout out to him for joining us. You can find me at the Lamb Show Twitter, Instagram. Twitch.tv slash The Lamb Show as well. We get some FIFA going, right? Soccer Definitely, theme. Definitely. We get that FIFA Fridays usually. We're in Division 2 now. We got promoted by Yes, it. let's you know go. D2, about damn time. Uh, you can follow all of us at Veterans Minimum on Twitter. Veterans underscore Minimum on Instagram. The YouTube channel, I'm pumping out some content over there. Go and check that out. YouTube.com slash Veterans Minimum. And The Big Boss Man, where can they find you? At Endavito27 on Twitter and the gram. On FIFA 2 and Nick. There we go. We're Catch out us. here. Guys, thank you for uh, tuning in to another episode of VMFC. And-